Thank you for joining us for the Life Point Podcast. We believe what you're about to listen to will help you experience life change. So let's jump into this week's message. Well, I'm going to say the same thing I did to start out last weekend's message, and that is, is for you to thrive in life naturally. There, you have three must-haves. You, these are non-negotiables. You can't do without these. Number one, you need air to breathe. Everybody take a breath. You need water and you need food to naturally thrive. But there, there are also three things you need to thrive spiritually. Number one is you need a savior. You, you, you need someone to redeem you and to rescue you. Number two, you need a, a pastor leader over your life to teach you, direct you, lead you, and guide you. And thirdly, you need a church that you can connect to. Or I would say it this way, you, you, you need a church to belong to. Um, you say, well, I, I can be a Christian and not go to church. Yeah, yeah but not a very good one. Uh, uh, heaven comes from our Savior, right? That's not, that's not the topic. Uh, the, the, the issue, the issue is, is obediently becoming part of a local church. When you were born again, you were put into the uh, body of Christ. But we need to be plugged in, involved in a local church. And it is so important that I want to spend this series uh, during the month of September to just share some of our hearts, some of our visions, some things God put, uh, just, just put on our heart to say it to you all. Uh, we started this series last weekend, and, and you saw this on the roll-in video but last weekend, I just gave you a life point assignment, and I just said it this way. Let's just start becoming church people again. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Let's just, let's just be believers again. Let's just get back to being church people. So I gave you that assignment last weekend. I want to give you a new assignment this week. Are you ready for this one? Um, if we can just start becoming church people again, can we also just do this? Uh, just from my heart to yours, can we just cancel the COVID culture? And here's what I mean by this. I was reading these statistics these week, and studies are revealing this to us from our issue that we had with the pandemic. And listen to this. Studies are revealing that the pandemic increased anxiety, panic, compulsive disorders, digestive issues, depression, PTSD, overdoses, and mental health crisis. It increased all of that especially in our young adult culture, it's 63% higher in that demographic. But, but it, it affected us. It, and, and I just want to um, say it this way, that, that the reason why it affected us so much is because we had such prolonged isolation. So you and I were never, we were never created to manage that type of segregation. And, and I'll just say this up front, um, it, it, it was a strategy from hell. It was an attack designed by the enemy himself, and, and, and it had dramatic results, dramatic results on the world and on the church, and on the church. And here's what I think it revealed. It, it revealed how strong a church is or how weak a church is. Guys, there are a lot of churches that never opened their doors again. There are a lot of churches that did not withstand that. Um, it also, I believe, revealed how strong of believers you and I are. It really did. It took some people out. It has still kept some people out. And it also revealed which churches and which believers are really champions. It really did. It really, really did. And so um, I, I'm, 
you know, we were a little crazy during the pandemic. We actually moved and remodeled this building. <laughs> um, people asked how you survived. I was like, it kind of worked for us. I mean, um, we, we took a season and we went online. We, we, we already had a strong online presence. We, we, we stepped back just, just to, you know, be smart and wise for a few weeks. And then there was just, just line in the sand where we got to have, start having church again. And then just, just get back to just being God's people. But it was a, it was a, it was a plan from the enemy to keep us so segregated and keep us so isolated. And it, it had a, as I mentioned, it, it had a dramatic effect. It, and it did the opposite of what I believe is the will of God for, for the church, for, for believers, for the local church, for the body of Christ. It was an exact strategy because the enemy knows there's power in connection in his house. The enemy knows there is power in unity in his house. The Bible, the, uh, the devil knows there's power in us connecting us, fellowshipping. There's, there's just power in that. And the enemy did his best to stand against it, but he didn't win. He won't win. He can't win. Um, Unless we lock the doors and shut down, he can't win. When, when you show up, God's in you, and when we show up together, how, how much more is God in the house? He has, he has no solution for that. He has no, he has no answer for that. So we started this series last weekend. We're going to run it through this month, and the series is entitled, It's All About Life Change. Now, if you've walked around here, you've probably seen that, that, that slogan, on the walls, you've seen it on slides, you've seen it on t-shirt, you've just seen it around, and here's why, that, that's our vision, that's our mission statement, I, I, I like to say it this way, that's what we rally around, uh, it wasn't that long ago, I was, I was working with a church trying to help them, and they were at a real deficit, and the pastor even said to me, is it a problem, I don't really have vision, I said, yeah, that, that's why I was helping him with it, but they didn't have a, they didn't have a specific thing that they were rallying around, and so, that's what we rally around here, life change. That's why we worship the way we do. That's why we teach the way we do. That's why we preach the way we do. That's why we have the programs we do. That's why we just do things the way that we do them. I said this last week, but when me and my wife came here, we were just asking God, what, what's the focus of our church? You know, every pastor is responsible for the focus of their church. And over and over and over, it just became life, life. You know, the Bible says this in, in the book of John, it, it says it this way. It says that the thief comes to kill, steal, destroy, but Jesus came that you would have life. It actually means the same kind of life God has or the way the life, the way God intends it to be. He said, I came that you would have that and have it in abundance, not just a little bit, but overflowing life. Now, that, that's not, that doesn't mean we live a perfect life. But what it does mean is, is I, I think I said this on Wednesday night uh, at, at our first Wednesday, that if you're chasing perfection, you're just going to be frustrated. I've chased perfection. I can be a perfectionist at times. It just leaves me frustrated. Anyone else a perfectionist? Man, it just leaves you frustrated. But if you, but if you chase excellence, that's different. Excellence will, excellence will fulfill you. That means doing it God's way, doing it, doing it better than average. But, but not, none of us are perfect, right? There are no perfect churches. I've explained this. The reason why there are no perfect churches, because you're in it, and I'm in it, right? There's no perfect churches, but we have a, we have a, we have a perfect groom. We have a perfect um, Savior that we serve. We have a perfect God that we follow. And so uh, uh, that, that the reason, you know, God's perfect, we're not, that's why he gives us grace. It makes up, it makes up the difference, amen? Makes up the, but, but our rally cry is it's life change. That's, 
And so you say, how do you measure that? Well, sometimes you measure life change by how many new people are coming. Sometimes you measure by your attendance. Sometimes you measure by what happens in the actual service, not so much how many people are there, but what's happening. Uh, 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 Is the word changing people? Is the word elevating people? Are you receiving and submitting to the word? Is your marriage getting healed? Is your, has your body been healed? Is, has your finances become blessed? Have you grown in revelation? If that stuff's starting to happen in your life, it produces life change. That's what it's all about. G, uh, G, uh, the Bible says this. He says, I don't have to change. I'm the same yesterday. I'm the same right now. I'll be the same tomorrow. But guess who needs to change? We need to change. Now, you may not be fully there yet. But how many are glad you're not where you used to be? How, how many be real honest and say, you know, since I've been a part of just attending here and bringing my family here, I've seen life change be, begin to happen in my life. How, how many have ever experienced a, a, a physical healing? Because, yeah. How, how many have seen a financial breakthrough? How many have seen a relationship restored? Yeah, how many have just grown in some revelation? Your faith has grown. Well, then we're, we're experiencing life change. If you couldn't raise your hands, then, then, we're, then we're not accomplishing our, our heart and our goal. But I believe, that, I believe we're seeing a lot of life change. We, we get stories all the time. Us, for us, that's our mission. That's our heart cry. That's what we want to see you experience. That's why we do what we do. And so we gave you uh, last weekend what God gave me just a few weeks ago, and he, he just worded this way. He said, I want you to give him a life change challenge, because I believe if these, these things I'm going to share with you this month, if you can embrace these, if you can pursue these, I, I think you'll, you'll watch life change begin to happen in your life over and over. And so the first one we gave you last week, as you saw in the video, was this, that, that the first life change challenge is just come, come frequently. Come frequently. I'm talking about weekends. Come frequently. And we just attacked last weekend about how we've seen in the church world weekend attendance just decline, decline. And I get those phone calls. I talk to pastors. And, and I'm glad that we're seeing the opposite of that. And there are other churches seeing the opposite of that. So if you're doing it right, you'll see the opposite of that. And so God can, you know, the world can recess and God's kingdom can progress. You know, the, the, the world... The world can be impoverished. The church can, guess what? Prosper. Yeah. Are y'all with me this morning? Y'all, y'all are so serious this morning. Um, but so we gave you this challenge. Just, just come frequently. And my challenge was be here as frequently as you can. And here's what was funny. After I spoke last weekend, I had so many people come up and said, man, I'm sorry. I'm going to be gone for the next two weekends on vacation. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's not what I'm talking about. It's okay to take a, you know, a, a, a vacation. I'm just saying consistently. Because they say the most uh, faithful people are here like once every five to six weeks. Y'all, that's, I understand it. It's a busy world, but that's not biblical. You, you, you can't do it unbiblically and have a biblical blessing. You have to do it by the Bible and get a Bible blessing. And so the, the Bible is very clear that, that we pursue his house. We pursue our time there. And so I just wanted to give you a challenge. If you'll just start being here as frequently as you can, you, you'll, I believe you'll see a life change happen. So can we build on that this week? Let's just build on that. So how, how many like a good challenge? I like to be challenged. My, my good friend Steve Munn says it this way, without a challenge, there would never be a champion. So if we don't have challenges, we, there's nothing for us to, to champion. How many, how many like a good dare? I mean, I'm that guy. 
Like, if you dare me, I sort of have to do it anyways, no matter what it is, right? But, but, but there are challenges, and God says in all those challenges, we what? We triumph. We win. Do you know that God, in you is the destiny of God? In you is the DNA of God. In you is the blood of Jesus. So, so that's why the Bible, that's why Paul explained it this way. He said, um, in all these things, you're more than an overcomer. He said, you're not a chump, you're a champ. So there, there are certain challenges that we have to put ourselves in a place to become a champion in these areas of our life. And you have to put yourself in a place to, to really see life change happen. And so, so there's these challenges. So, and the first one is just come as frequently as you can. Look at someone and say, here's number two. Ready, number two? Connect consistently. Connect. I know you're looking for something deeper, but connect consistently. Here's what I mean. The first one's about the weekends. If you'll just make a commitment to be here more and more on a Sunday, then there, there's a next step that's, that's involved that takes us from just being here on a Sunday to really making a connection more consistently. And, and, and that most of the time, that, that, what that means is, is meet us here on a midweek. Meet us here in a midweek. Make, make a connection. The, the word connection in, in the Bible means this. It means that you're bound together, you're joined together, you're, 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 you're interlocked together. That, that's really what the Bible word for, for connect means. I, I, like this, the, I like the word fastened or joined or bonded together. So when we add consistently, consistency to that, it has, it has this idea of just joining yourself together harmoniously, sharing life consistently. And, and I believe if we would just take it the next step and say, you know what, uh, and maybe you've gotten to the place where you're, you're more consistent on Sundays, you're, you're, you're more faithful, you're coming more frequently. And so the next step on that challenge is that you and I would just make a better connection more consistently, more consistently. And so I, I want to unpack this but I wanted to say this to you because this is absolutely true. So I'm going to read it as I put it down. God has a unique plan for your life. If no one has ever told you that, I'm telling you right now, that's what the Bible says. God has a unique plan for your life. How many believe that? He does. He has a unique plan. And I just want you to know, you, you, you can reject it, you can deny it, but it never goes away. You can tell God you don't exist. Guess what? He'll never take it away. You can live how you want to. He'll never take it away. Here's why. Because when he designed you, he designed you with his perfect will. No matter how you want to live and be, it, God will never take it away from you. And God is always working on forming you and fashioning you so you can fulfill everything he ever created you to be. Ephesians says it this way. He, Ephesians says, when you, uh, I, this is my, my words, he says, when you come to him, you can now walk out the good works and the good walk that he has for you. The Bible actually says that he was, you were handcrafted by him. And when you get born again, you can now do all the works he created you to do. You can now be who he created you to be when you come to him. Beforehand, you couldn't. You couldn't beforehand. But God has a unique plan for your life. He actually wrote it before you breathed your first breath. No matter how you got here or when you got here, God has a unique plan. Actually, the Bible says this, it's irrevocable, which means it was perfect in God's purpose, so he doesn't have to take it away. He will never take it away. You can say, God, talk to the hand. He'll never take it away. How many know? But that's good news. God didn't mess up. He wasn't like, eh, we didn't see that coming. We, we didn't know, oh, you, you, you know, you've messed up too much. You, you can't mess up too much that God's like, I'm just going to take this away. Now, you cannot walk in it, but God has a unique plan, right? Let me finish that sentence. 
God has a unique plan for your life that cannot be fulfilled on your own. You, you, you can't fulfill it on your own. If you think you can, you will find out you'd be wrong. You, you, you can't fulfill it on your own. It, it's, God made you to need him, and he made you to need some help, some others. The Bible actually says all the way back in Genesis, it says, it's not good when man acts what? Alone. It's not good that man would be what? Alone. Nothing ever happens good when you're alone. Think about it. When do you get you in trouble? When you're alone and you start thinking your thoughts and being with yourself. So God made you and I to what? Need each other. He made us to need connection. It's good. And he provided that in his house. Outside of his house, people are still looking for, guess what? Connection. And they find connection. It's not always the right connection or the best connection. I want you to think about this. Back in the day, before Jesus, we'll just do pre-Jesus, um, think, about, think about all the dumb decisions you made, all the trouble you got yourself in. Wasn't there always someone right there whispering, connecting with you, talking you into it, being with you? Maybe you were the person talking them into it. Either way, so the world's looking for a connection too, but in the house of God, God has this way of us finding the connection, the help, the supply that we need. So it's important not only that we come frequently, but I want to challenge you that we start connecting more and more consistently. So let's make some points. You ready to go? Here we go. Life point number one, because there are some things. If we're going to say, I'll take the challenge, I'll become a champion, I want to move from, from, I want to start coming more frequently, and I want to start moving into more connected, uh, consistent connection, then there are some things we have to realize that it's good for us to connect over. Here's the first one. We connect over common faith. Everyone say common faith. So what I'm saying is there are some things that you need to connect over, some things we have in common, and one is our faith. Look at this. This is Hebrews. I, I used this scripture last weekend. Love this scripture. It's sort of the theme verse for this series. Hebrews chapter 10, and it reads this way. So wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives in us, knowing that God most of the time keeps his promises, right? Oh, always. Yeah, I missed that. Always keeps his promises. And I like this. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them toward acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. And look at the end of it. This is not the time to pull away and neglect being together as some have made a habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more what? Frequently. That's where I got last week from. And we should be eager to what? encourage, encourage means you put courage in, in somebody, encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. Well, we are on the doorstep. The day has dawned. We're on the doorstep of the day being fulfilled. And the Bible says, how should we be acting right now? The Bible is very clear and it gives us instructions that we should be joined together more and more and more with a, right now. And it, it gives us this idea in Scripture that we should be joined together with this full understanding. And the full understanding is this, that we are considering, one translation says, how to, how to spur each other on, how to encourage each other. So we should be together, understanding that we come together. And one of my jobs when we come together, one of your jobs when we come together is to put courage in each other, stir each other on. The Bible uses some different words. One of the, one of the words you'll see used in, the, in more of the original language is it says, provoke one another. You ever had someone provoke you? 
Well, he tells us to provoke each other. So if you unravel that word provoke, it's really interesting. Uh, it means to incite. It means to, it actually means to irritate. Isn't it interesting? To come together, irritate. You say, well, we already got that one. You've seen who I'm sitting by. Uh, it means to stir. It means to stimulate. Now, get this. It's actually the word that we use for symptoms of an outbreak. Hello, wait a minute. It's the word used for symptoms when we see an outbreak of an illness. What did I just talk about a moment ago? Can we just cancel the COVID culture? Well, COVID had a what? An outbreak of segregation. It had an outbreak of what? Isolation. What the Bible is saying, we need to have an outbreak of connection. We need to have an outbreak. We need to, we need to incite. We need to incite what? Joining in together. We need insight being together. We need to have a, 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 an uprising. We need to have a pandemic break out of connection. Because what, what happened during the pandemic, and I understand the health reasons. I'm not locking in on that. I'm just saying we, we all locked ourselves in our houses. We all stayed away from each other. We all wore masks. Some wore three or four and shields and all. And we just, we created this. And listen, I understand if there's an immune, an immunity issue. But what did we do? We, we said, stay away. I'm going to stay in. And the word says we need to be in his house. We need to be together. We just need to see symptoms breaking out of connection. Isn't that amazing? And it gives us this idea that it should happen in a common location, which at that time was the synagogue. And it gives us this idea that it should be habitual. Now, the word habit here means that it's, it's visible, it's obvious. In other words, it's an obvious, visible pattern that we see in our lives. So this is a really, really interesting passage of Scripture that the writer of Hebrews pins. And he, and he basically says this, you hold on to the confession of your faith. You hold on to your hope. And you come together frequently, consistently, and you connect, and you spur each other on, and you incite each other on, and you provoke each other on. I want to see symptoms of, of encouragement break out. I want to see symptoms. I want them to come in and say, well, I can diagnose this. There's unity there. I can diagnose this. They're, they're putting courage in each other. I, I can diagnose what's happening in that house. Well, God's moving in unity. God's propelling people. God's progressing people, and it's habitual. It happens all the time. It wasn't one Sunday because they, they spoke a sermon. I can see it. It's a pattern. And then this scripture warns us with this. Do not abort it. Do not abandon it. Actually, when you see the day dawning, the season that we're in, it says this is how we should be doing life right now. In other words, what we should be connecting over consistently is our faith in him. And I get it. Sometimes, how many know sometimes your faith just needs a little boost from the outside? I get it. You, you can hear a sermon. You can get fired up, and you should. You can read the scriptures, and you should become confident, and you should. But how we know sometimes you still need someone to add a little encouragement with it? Do, do, do you understand this? That fear and faith can work in your life at the same time. You, 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 can, be, you can be confessing faith. You can be walking in faith, and fear still still working on you. That's why we need each other. We need each other to come along and guess what? Spur each other on. Now, 
if you're, if you're not here consistently, guess what? Maybe you're not getting spurred on. And if you're not here consistently, maybe you're missing spurring someone else on. So we have, to, we have to rally around and we have to connect over what? This idea of, of, of our faith. We need each other. That's the way God made it. Uh, and, and, and think about this. When you come, this, this is what I, I love to watch when I walk up here. I, I don't always see it when I'm on the front row because everyone's behind me. But when I walk up here, I'm sure the worship band gets to see this from, from the moment we get moving in worship, is you get to walk up here and see the energy in the house. And you sense faith in the house. Now, don't raise your hand, but have you ever been in a church where faith wasn't in the house? Well, when faith's in the house, there's an energy. There's an excitement. And I know God's here today. You know why I know God's here? I saw a Kenny Pickett jersey in the back during the greeting. So I know God's here this morning. No, I know God's here. I'm just kidding, sort of. But, um, but God's good. You know where God's at. You know where he's not, right? And we come together. Guess what? It, it's, it's, it's a corporate gathering of our faith. So I want to encourage you. Don't, don't just come to see what you can get. Come to see what God wants you to be, what God wants you to do, who you might encourage. If you spend a little more time encouraging others, you'd probably be a little less discouraged just to be real with you. Because everybody, don't look around. Just look straight ahead. But there are people who come to church just to receive, just to get. It's when you see them coming, you're like, oh, dear Lord. Because they're going to tell you another sad story, another sad, come on. They're, they're just those people. We got, we got to flip that thing. We, 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 we got to come with, I, I'm just, I just want to be a voice of encouragement. I just want to be, I just want to, I just want to lift somebody up. I want to put courage. What if we came on Sundays and our whole goal was we just want to put some courage in people. I just want to put some courage in people. All right, here we go. So, so we, need to, we need to connect over this idea of faith. And, and second of all, we need to connect over this, not just common faith, but common, it's a church word, fellowship. But we're church people, right? So, so fellowship. How many know that's a church word? You, you, you don't ever go you know, with your friends in the world and they're like, hey, let's just come over and have some fellowship. Um, let's just go to the ball game and have some fellowship, right? They tell you that, that's weird. Don't go there, right? But in the church world, it's cool because we know that usually means some good connections, some coffee, and possibly some food, right? Look what happened in the book of Acts. This is chapter 2. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were, look what, they were mutually linked, what, to one another. They shared communion. They came together regularly to pray and there was a deep sense of holy awe that swept over everyone. And think about that. Because they linked themselves together, this awe came over them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Why? Because of this connection, because of this unity thing, because of this faith thing. All the believers were in what? They were in fellowship as one body. They shared with one another what they had. Out of generosity, some of them even sold their assets and distributed the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Every day they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate, take communion. They shared food together and they had joyful hearts and they were in humility. This, this is where the church started. This is how the church started. And, 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 you know, they used to meet every day. They used to take communion every day. We don't meet every day. But, but the point behind this entire thought when the church started was how connected they were. 
how consistent they were. And the Bible said because of it, there was just this holy awe that came over them. And it became regular to see signs, to see wonders, because what they devoted themselves to, which was this common fellowship. You, you know, the Bible really gives us this idea that we should, the word we use sometimes today is, is community, which is what? Common unity. And really what that means is we just choose to share life. We cho- choose to do life together. Um, sometimes around here we say it this way, we're, we're actually better together. You know, we are better together than we are on our own. I think I proved that on your own. It's just not going to work out very well. But we're better together. We're better together. So the Bible uses this word. Um, the, the Greek word is a word. You may have heard this because we're church people, right? Quononia. Anyone ever heard that? that? That's the word for fellowship in, in the Bible. And it just means we share a common mutual life together. And the enemy of quononia or fellowship or connection is isolation, the very thing that we face. That's why I said, can we just cancel the COVID culture? And it, it, I know it's, they say it's starting to rise up again. Uh, we had this discussion here the other day. The reason it's rising up, it's election season. We all know this, right? Um, God didn't call us to be isolated. He didn't call us to, to, to be on our own. He called us to what? Make sure that we're staying in connection. So I'll kind of just throw a couple of things out there at you. Um, let me say it this way. If you're disconnected, you, you, you are at a real deficit. You're at a real, people that disconnect themselves put themselves at a real deficit. You, you, you put yourself as prey. You, you put yourself in a, in a, a vulnerable position because God made us what? To link with each other. And when we disconnect, guess what? We, 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 are, we are at a deficit. Listen to these statistics. If you are disconnected, they say you're three times more likely that you're going to die early. You are four times more likely to, su- to suffer things like emotional burnout. You're five times more likely to be clinically depressed. You're ten times more likely to be in the hospital for a mental or emotional disorder. Just because of isolation. Just because of disconnect. Now, th- this will blow you away. It- it's equal. Disconnection, isolation is equal to smoking a pack of cigarettes every day and harming your lungs. It's equal to that. That, that, That's just physical, medical, scientific information. God knew all that. That's why he said the answer, y'all, is don't get isolated, but to connect what? More. To connect more consistently. Now, now here's something I want want you to think about. Um, If you want to, you can gasp out loud. But your life, who you are, your progress, your success or lack thereof is the sum or the result of the sum of who you surround yourself with. Now, just let that sit in for a moment. How high you go, how low you go will be the result of who you're choosing and where you're choosing to surround yourself. If you just took an inventory of where you're consistently around, that's why you, you might be in a work situation if you're like, dear Lord, I got to get to church tonight. <laughs> because you know that your life, whatever, wherever your encouragement is coming from, wherever you're plugged in at, wherever you're in, we're talking about not just Sundays, but getting yourself involved in something. And guys, I know life is busy. I know it's busy. I get it. But you know, busyness can be, an, it can be a tool the enemy just like isolation can. 
Last week I said, let, let, let me help you a little bit because our culture has it backwards. Because here's how we look at things. Um, we get up on Monday and we start our week and we work all week. And then all of a sudden it's hump day, it's Wednesday. We, we're working for the weekend. We wrote a song about it. Uh, we get to the weekend and, 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 and it's Saturday and we wrap everything up on Sunday and we survive church. We go home and we do it all again. But see, our culture has it backwards because, you know, Sunday is the first day. Sunday is the Lord's day. So how we start out our Sunday is a prophetic way of starting out the rest of our week. It, it's a mind thing we have to change. But we should be looking, I'm starting out my week in the house of God. I, 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 I'm, I am giving him his time. It starts out on a, spiritually. It, during the midweek, I, I need a pump up. I need to be at something during the midweek. And, and Saturday's wrapping the week up. I'm just saying, we got to think a little bit differently. This is why Corinthians said it this way. It said, don't be unequally what? Yoked. There is, no, there is no unity or harmony with light and with darkness. So, so really what that scripture is saying is we, we need to make sure we're consistently being around each other. So I, I want you to just, y'all doing all right? I, I want you to think about this. There's going to be moments in your life you're going to need help. There's going to be some moments in your life you're going to need to be encouraged. You're going to need to be assisted. And it's only going to come by those who are closest to you. When that time comes that you need encouraged and you need helped, you either have to go try to find it on your own or if you have that, you, you have that base around you in the house of the Lord, you'll get the help that you need. And you'll, you'll champion whatever that is. You'll thrive over whatever that is instead of barely surviving or instead of it destroying you. You got to think right now, where have I put myself the most consistently? Because that's where my support, that's where my help is going to come from. I, I wrote it this way. You can only go as high as your crew. Now, that, that can be very comforting if you have put yourself in a place to have some great connection. But if you haven't, I want you to think about who's going to help you. Because maybe your marriage gets challenged, and the guy at work who's been divorced seven times, he's your help. Or he's running, chasing women all the time. He's your help? Really? Come on. Or, 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 or they're so broke at work, they're the ones who are going to... They're the ones that are going to incite you to be blessed financially. Are you running into something physical and, and their ailments are always worse than yours and their cousin died from whatever you face and it's always something? Come on, that's the only place your help can come from. Or it could be from the house of God where you've heard the word of God and there's some people around you saying, you know what? I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to be behind you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to... Because there might be someone in the house of God who got healed their marriage. It's, it's the person God wants you to rub shoulders with so it rubs off on you so you don't get divorced, so you don't fall apart, so it becomes blessed and your kids don't pay for it. Or you might come into contact with somebody who's done this financial thing so well and they would just love to help you come out, out of where you've been. Or it might be somebody who's walked through some physical things that's knocking on your door and they said, you know what, I've got through it and God is a, he is, he is a healer. And they'll walk with you. You won't find that out there. You'll find a different diagnosis and you'll find a different lifeline out there. And you'll go under out there. Come on, are you hearing me? 
That's good right there. Look, look what Ecclesiastes says. It's better to have a partner than go it alone. Share the work. Share the wealth. Look at this. If one falls down, the other helps them back up. But if there's no help, tough. See, here's the deal. In the house of God, there's restorative power. You might fail. You might flub up. You might stumble. You might sin. And there will be someone there to do what? Restore you. Outside of that, that connection, you have no way of being restored sometimes. We need somebody to help us back up. Let, let's, let's read on. Um, verse, verse 11 says, two in, a bed, two in a bed warm each other. Alone you shiver all night. Don't read too much into that. I'm just saying what that means is you need some support. It's in the scripture. No, that's not what it says. But you need some support, right? Let me read on. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. That's protection. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope is not easily snapped. Three-fold cord. Y'all got the picture? So what do we rally around? What, what, do we, what do we connect over? Common faith, common fellowship. Here, here's the last one. It's common function. Yeah, they all start with F, but, but it does mean something. Romans says this, in the human body, there are many parts and there are many organs. Each has a what? A unique function. So it is in the, in the body of Christ. It's the same way. Although we're many, we've been mingled into one body in Christ. This means we're all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to each other. What's that mean? That means we are dependent on each other. Do you know that connection, us coming together, every time you come together on a Sunday, every time you connect on a, at another event or another program or a, a, another night, you, do you know what happens? There's a supply. There is a supply that happens. See, you, you might have came in and needed something. You might not even knew what you needed, but when you get there, there was just a supply that happened in your life. Or you might come, if you're not there, there's a supply that's not there. We actually bring a supply. I got something to bring. You got something to bring. Sometimes in our life, we might feel like we come up empty and we miss a supply. And then we, it's easy to blame others. It's easy to blame God. It's easy to blame the church. But if we haven't put ourselves into a place to get a full supply, it, it could be on us. I'm just saying. It, it, there, there are times we just need to be together and, and, and let the supply, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, each other, it brings a supply into our life. When you're not there, you miss the supply. The supply you bring when you're not there, guess what? You, there's, not a, there's, a, there's a supply that's, that's vacant. So I want you to think about this. The human body um, has a function. So do we. Um, the only reason why your organs work, you ready for this? This is deep. The only reason your organs work is because they're connected to your body. I know, deep, right? <laughs> your heart wouldn't work if it was disconnected from your body. Your head wouldn't work if it was disconnected from your body. I know it's weird, but, but think about it. Your, your limbs don't work. Your organs don't work. If they're disconnected from the body, but when they're all connected to the body, guess what? They function, they work, they operate as they should. What am I saying? I'm saying there are some things that aren't going to work in your life if you're disconnected 
from the body. There are some things that aren't going to function in your life. God made us to need each other. He made us to have this common function. So connection is really the essence of our life. It's the essence of our spiritual life. It's the essence of our spiritual journey. Anyone that says, I can just make it on my own, Lone Ranger Christian. Some of you don't know who the Lone Ranger is, right? How many know who the Lone Ranger is? Right? Y'all remember that? Some have no idea. What it means is isolated on your own. <laughs> you, 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 there's a good chance you, you, you can't and you won't. There's a good chance. Well, I've got Jesus. Yeah, but Jesus also said what? You need each other. He also said what? He wouldn't have said you need the church if you didn't want. Need the church. It's the essence of life. So what am I saying? Let me wrap this up. Here's what I'm saying. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge LifePoint to go to the next level. I want to challenge you and I to take this church to the next level. And I want to challenge you in your life to see more and more life change. And so here's where the challenge starts. Get, get here as frequently as you can on Sundays. Now, don't come up afterwards and say, I'm going on vacation. I'm sorry. It's not what I'm talking about. I had like th four couples last weekend. They're like, I'm convicted. I'm like, you don't have to be convicted. But y'all got y'all have my heart. The challenge is this is what we come frequently. Because I want you here to get what God has. Um, and then I just want to challenge you to take it outside of Sundays. And connect as consistently as you can. I'm going to throw a couple screens up. If you weren't here last week, I think it's the same screens. And you might just want to snap a picture. Here's, uh, here's what's coming up this month that, that I, would, I would make extra effort to be at, at these things. So first of all, this Wednesday night is our Lyft Men's Night. And you say, what is that? Well, Lyft is our men's ministry. We meet um, usually, usually one Wednesday night a month. And this Wednesday is our, our Lyft Night. If you are a guy, I had a bunch of jokes. I'm going to just skip them, right? But if, if help me, Jesus. Um, if you're a guy, biologically, if, um, join us this Wednesday is what I'm trying to say. It, it, it's just so, it's so, it's so important for guys to learn to be men of God. You say, Why? Because they don't teach you that in our culture. And so this Wednesday, we're actually meeting at the pavilion. We're going to have burgers. We're going to have a campfire. we got some men that are going to share some good stuff. Uh, our heart with Lyft is that we lift up Christ, we lift up the church, and we lift up each other. So I'm, I'm just saying, try to make the extra challenge connect if you're a guy. On the 17th, that's next Sunday night, we're having a worship night. We're going to kick off going into the fall, which is a worship night here next Sunday night. So just come out for that. Um, Vibe is our women's event. That'll be on the... Why don't the men do that? Like, we're having this men's event. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm having a, a ladies' event. It's like, woo! <laughs> They'll be in the Generations building on the 20th, obviously having a lot more fun than we have. But these are things we place midweek to continue to do what? Life change. Life change while we have them. I'm going to tell you a couple more that, that we're going to be adding as we go on here. Um, one actually happens tomorrow. It, it's actually a group based out of the, uh, can we go back to September? Yeah, it's actually based out of the Vibe Ministry for our ladies. It's a mom's group. It's tomorrow in the Generations Building 
you're a mom, you have kids, come out. It's been going really well. It's at 1030 tomorrow morning, but it is a group just based out of, out of uh, vibe. Um, we're getting ready here to, um, to add a, uh, a ministry for our retired crowd. And we're getting ready to, to do one for our young adults, our 20-some crowd. A couple that we're going to launch here over the next few months. So um, just some stuff God put on our heart. Now, we can go ahead and pop October up there. October, we'll be back with First Wednesday. And we had a great First Wednesday this, this week. We had some people share some life change stories. Um, we're going to run some equipped classes through October. We'll tell you more about that. The end of October is a Bliss Marriage Night event. So just you can take a picture of that. Just some stuff that, 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 is, that is coming up that goes along with what I'm talking about this morning. Did y'all get something good? You know, let me say this, then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up with a song. You know, something God's put on my heart and Pastor Diane, even how we're developing the property here, is there something that God wants to do, wants to keep doing, that ministers to our spirit, our soul, and our body. That's why we build a volleyball court. That's why we do those things. Because all parts of us need be connected. They all need ministered to. And, and whether it's vibe night, lift night, whatever night it is, I just want to challenge you. Just want to challenge you. Y'all said you like a challenge, right? So I want to get in your gear and challenge you. Come frequently and connect more consistently. Connect more consistently. As you go on in life, the things that stay in your, your head are photos. It could be a photo of a time you were in a service and God did something. It could be an event that you were at that God just moved in a mighty way. It could be a, 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 a moment that you remember. They're just snapshots that stay in our mind there are not only snapshots in our mind, there are these memories and feelings in our heart that we remember the moment, we remember the feel. Here's the best way I can explain it. Back in the day, you know what we used to do on the weekend? We went to Skate World. I can still remember what I was doing when that song played on Fast Skate or a couple skate, whatever it might have been. Y'all got it, you're taking it back to a moment in a time and, you, and it was a physical time with a spiritual moment, something locked in your heart and mind. Here's what I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in and I'm convinced of. I told Pastor Jen this about our youth. We need to build those moments for our young people because when they start reflecting and thinking, the warmest moments, the strongest memories are what? Connected to God's house. Now, I want to warn you. I want to challenge you. It's not just for those young people. You don't outgrow it. You don't outgrow it. Because sometimes we outgrow it. Well, I was in youth. You don't outgrow it. We got to keep making those moments, connecting them to the house of God. That'll keep life change rolling and happening in your life. Amen? Amen. So I want to challenge you this morning. I'm done. I want to challenge you that, it, that it's not just come frequently. It's connect consistently. Those are just some things that you can get connected. Can we stand for a moment? Isn't God good? Anyone grateful for God? I just wanted you to, um, I wanted to teach you up a little bit this morning. Can we pray for a moment? Father, I thank you for your goodness. Father, I thank you for your grace. God, I thank you for your house. God, I thank you, Lord, for, 
for the body of Christ. I thank you for this local church. I thank you for good local churches in our region, our area. I thank you for what you're doing in their houses this morning. But I specifically thank you for what you're doing right here, right now. And God, I thank you that you saved us. You, you brought us out of the, 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 the enemy's family and you placed us and plugged us into your family, into your body. And God, you just didn't bring us here to save us and rescue us. But God, you brought us here to do something significant and grow us and, and, and fill us full of revelation and faith and for a move of God to happen, for a move of God to happen in us, to happen for us, and to happen through us. Father, I'm praying for anybody that might be here right now that does not know you. They're not in relationship with you. Listen, if you're not in relationship with God and you've walked away from him, you say, Pastor, I want, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to come back into relationship with him. Can you just wave at me before I move on with the rest of this morning? Father, I thank you for your goodness. Is there anyone before? Yes. Is there anyone else this morning? Yeah, thank you. Okay, can we all say this prayer together? Let's just repeat this out loud. Lord Jesus, I admit I've failed. I've sinned. But I believe, God, you sent your son. He came, he died for me, shed his blood for all my mistakes. Right here, right now, I confess Jesus is the Lord. He's the savior of my life. Lord, help me to follow you. Help me to live for you. Help me to serve you. Can we give those a hand who just, thank you, sir. Raise your hand. Thank you for raising your hand. Now, we're going to close with this song. We're going to close with this song, but here's what I want you to get this morning. You might be walking through something, trudging through something, going through something, and you're trying your best to trust God. You got your faith out there. You got it stirred, but you're walking through something. It doesn't even have to be something bad. It could just be something you're believing God for and trusting God for, and, and you're going th- through that right now. You're walking through it. Who did I just talk to? Would you, would you slip your hand up? Look around you. There are hands all across the room. W- w- would you do me a favor? Would you get a hand on their shoulder? W- 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 would you just get a hand on their shoulder? Would you just pray for them for a moment? Just pray for them. We're going to sing this song together. We're going to sing what we just sang about, about trusting God. If you would, just don't... Just, just briefly pray for them. Pray that God becomes real. Pray that God shows up. Pray that God shows off. Pray that God becomes God in their situation. We'll, keep, we'll, we'll do this song again. Thank you for listening to the LifePoint Podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe and follow so you don't miss a message. For more information, you can visit lpcwv.com.